Hello, uh, thank you for listening. This is just um, basically I thought, I thought I'd uh, record a quick pick uh, pick up at the start just to clarify a couple of things because um, I realised because while we were um, playing the game and recording, I didn't have the mindset of this is going to be listened to by other people yet, even though I was recording because I didn't know how it was going to turn out. Um, it turned out easier than I thought, and also a lot more difficult. <laughs> in some ways but anyway yeah so i thought i'd give a quick pick up at the beginning to describe the rules of the game i'm sure i've told most people but in case you've missed those explanations or you forgot or whatever essentially this is a game called greenlit and what happens is is in this version of it because i'm still working on it um i am the producer and the, the rest of the participants are uh, aspiring creators and essentially what happens is and I cut this out of the final show because uh, it's bad radio but essentially I assigned them ran- random numbers those numbers um, correspond with an element such as a trope uh, a character a location something like that and you have to you get three you have to inc- uh, incorporate all three into a pitch and round by round that could be a movie or a video game yeah this is what i'm working on um this is the third time i think i've played it in the discord uh i've already thought of some changes um i'm also now aware of some changes i need to make in, in terms of like uh, recording and editing uh quick heads up it's not the best audio quality um i'm not te- technologically set up in that way at all but it's listenable and i hope it's enjoyable any feedback's obviously welcome Thank you for uh, for listening. Thanks for giving us a ch- just giving us a go, basically. And if you want to uh, have uh, have a game yourself, if you want to get involved, uh, just let me know, and I'll see what I can arrange. All right, cheers. Okay, so James, tell me what uh, elements you have and then give us your pitch. Okay, I have Guy Fieri, mm-hmm. Paint, and Xenomorphs. Okay. And this will be a movie. Good. <laughs> I'm glad it's a movie. Oh, good. I'm glad, I'm glad you're glad. Right. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. Um, I've got an excellent pitch for you today. Okay, good. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with a late 70s film by the name Alien. No, I'm not. It's got um, Sigourney Weaver from Galaxy Quest. Oh, yeah, Sigourney Weaver from Alien. Yeah. 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 Anyway. When did you get in my office? (laughs) (laughs) That's my assistant. Don't worry. Okay. Anyway, they're these big fuckers with mouths that have got mouths inside them. These big fuckers, yeah. 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 Do you want me to pull you up on stuff during, by the way, or do you want me to leave? Yeah, yeah. Great. Okay. All right. No worries. Continue. I mean, I've been correct so far, but sure. No, just, just. Never mind. Go on. <laughs> right. So, as I said, big fuckers, mouth in the mouth. Big fuckers, yeah. Yeah. Now. Up till now, 
in movies like Alien and AVP2, Requiem. We've we've been dealing exclusively with sort of the horror action genre. Mm. But I think we need something a bit more fun. We need something a bit fiery. That's right. Guy Fieri has agreed to star in this movie where he runs a restaurant in space and the anti-alien paint that he's got all over the outside of his restaurant is very close to expiry and he has to get it redone before they break in and kill all the inhabitants. Okay, I see. So the paint is all over the restaurant and that like that's mm-hmm. just un- unpleasant to Xenomorphs, so they don't want to go past it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it still looks good. It's still like flame patterns and stuff, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And Guy Fieri. Why Guy Fieri? Well, I just think the Alien franchise needs a bit of personality, you know? Mm. That's like, true. You've you've got these you've got these characters with two mouths, but you never really see the food. <laughs> not the direction I expected you to go. There's too many mouths and not enough food. That Very relatable. Exactly, that's the tagline. Thank you for picking up on that. That's the tagline. What's yes. the title? The title of the film. Yeah. It's called Diners Fly In and Die. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, I'm not sure where to pick you. Let's be honest. Um, okay. So this is obviously aliens movies are usually R-rated or 18 in the UK. Um, how are you handling gore in this movie and and that kind of side of it? That's the smart thing by bringing in Guy Fieri. We've introduced the notion of sources. So there's plausible deniability. Every time someone is covered in red stuff, right. maybe that's just hot sauce. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you could, like, because uh, they have acid for blood, you could have Guy Fieri maybe introduce a really hot sauce and he's got his own acid for blood. I'm going to leave that where it is and move over to you, Kip. Uh, what were your elements? And then give me a pitch, please. Yes. So my elements were American TV reality editing, like reality style editing, uh, psychics, and a high school reunion. Okay. Pitch ahead. Distinguished guests, producers, folks who, interns, uh, people who are just here on a little trip to see how the movies work. I know who you are. You're cool. Um, anyway, I propose something. Obviously, reboots are kind of always a done deal and a very easy thing to produce. However, I feel like taking a slight spin on something. Um, we are going to, it's not going to be a reboot per se, it's actually going to be more of a sequel, but a long-term in the future sequel. Uh, I'm proposing a mockumentary style movie 
that will be made in the style of a reality TV show uh, of Carrie. So. Okay, I see where you're so going. So what happens is, obviously, several years later, um, no one... And this is obviously... Uh, this uh, this will be more played for comedy, but it also you'll have to know the original source material. But uh, Carrie is like it. Carrie has become the subject of this reality TV show uh, in this hypothetical future, in which we love to exploit uh, real life tragedies and trash. So very much like our real life. Um, and yeah, well, Car- yeah, and what Carrie is doing is going back to for a high school reunion. With the few remaining uh, survivors of uh, the fateful prom that killed several people. <laughs> obviously, in this version, she didn't die. Like, because obviously, seems we, we as I imagine that's something that we would have to have to consider is that in the original film, she did die. But like, we are gonna we are gonna spin things slightly. Gonna take a bit of a Halloween ki- Boy, Halloween kills re reverse this thing so that it's that she didn't die she just simply went into she simply just left and eventually well she eventually she eventually became the subject of this reality tv show uh and she's going back to the high school uh where she uh, where she uh the last time she was there uh it was burned to a crisp so obviously everything's very different from the way that it was when she was last there. Uh, including uh, the fact that uh, several people aren't there uh, for obvious reasons. Okay. And so hijinks uh, ensue. We have a series of awkward interactions that are awkward interactions that happen during the, the typical stuff that would happen during a high school reunion all filmed by this t- this reality TV crew. Over the period of the movie, Carrie starts to realise that once again, much like the original movie, she is being manipulated. This time, by the reality TV crew, and cast, and editing, because I'm realising that she's being manipulated into thinking certain ways, doing certain stuff, acting a certain way. So this will end with her destroying the same, well, not the same, the rebuilt uh, hall, (laughs) the rebuilt gymnasium that previously had housed the previous uh, prom uh, gymnasium that she also destroyed, creating a cyclical nature (laughs) this time. However... uh, Poetry, it rhymes. um, However, one... Uh, one of the camera crew will survive and get out, and none of this will actually make air. This and what we've actually been watching in the end was a rough cut that had been made just up and so literally it will be TV edited up until this big finale, and in which case it will then transfer to a lot more of a handheld found footage vibe for the like for the finale for the actual ending and then realizing that this last piece is actually just police evidence and then ends the movie uh carrie's fate being left unknown okay so a couple of things um Mm. 
I want to pick up on. Uh, one of them is so, okay. So what you're saying is is that the the, the element of American style reality TV editing is being used to create conflict or carry between her and the producers. Yeah, between the her and movie. the producers, between the few survivors that are actually there, like there could be, there is eventually, there could be some sort of reveal within it that she didn't necessarily want to even come to this reunion and was kind of sent there under more. I wonder well, why. <laughs> yeah, not really under false pretenses, but was was assured that things would go a lot smoother than they do. Okay, uh, well that kind of bring, brings me to the other point I had to make, which is slightly bigger, <laughs> slightly more <laughs> relevant to me, I think. What mm. you're saying is you're going to take a movie that ended with a massacre, and you're, and the question you're posing is, I wonder what it would be like if the killer met the survivor. Years later, for you've reason, seen for, like I'll for, say. Hang on, let even, me finish. Let me finish. I'll let you finish. For, I'll let you finish for for a comical <laughs> mockumentary, <laughs> satirical more than com- than comedic would be even what still, I would. That's on the spectrum of comedy. I would say it's in the spectrum of comedy. This is more dark comedy. This is, I mean, Heather's yeah, is a movie that, that already exists. Uh, they. With it, it would be a the way it would kind of be done. I it's the actually for for example, there are several times in which happy go lucky uh, reality shows. I mean, for example, we'll go Queer Eye. Queer Eye have at several points gone, "Hey, let's go meet the person." Actually, there is literally an episode where they go, "Hey, you want to meet the person who you who's like I think like well some sort of relative you killed." Or, or, or vice versa. I can't remember. It's one of the two ways. It is someone killed someone, or someone got someone put in jail, and it's like, oh well, you want to be confronted with that, you know, in this show about decoration and making yourself feel better. Mm. So this is very okay, much well, within there's, there's the a scale. Difference. There's a slight difference. There's, yes, I agree that if that's what happened, that's fucked up because you've got what should be a very. Uh, like you say, happy-go-lucky, light-hearted things suddenly going to a very dark place. You're starting with mass murder. That's your entry point. Yes. And now, and your and your way of reconciling that is going. Well, let's just see what happens. <laughs> more... Do you expect them to like meet up and like talk about the new Dexter series or something? Like, no, I, 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 I honestly do believe that this that. The the actual reunion will be very much towards the end, not very soon before we actually get to that point. Okay. Uh, a lot right. of it is going to a lot of it is going to be about just Carrie catching up, seeing how she's been, what's going on with her life, and eventually right, okay. getting the reunion letter. Getting she works and, at Dunkin' Donuts now. Yeah, get, getting the reunion letter and then going to the reunion, more or less manipulated by the producers off this reality tv show okay i'm going to cut this a little bit short just That's so fine. we can move on but two things i want to i want to ask one to really make this work i need to know who who you've got in mind to direct is it a crapshoot to just say taika who taika Waititi. he's already made oh, several right. other mockumentaries and as an or if it were or even uh if that would be an option to go for 
or a Matthew Holness if we can if we're wanting to do this a little bit cheaper than that. Okay. And the other thing is title. That's where. We're... <laughs> um. Why don't you just go carry a month in the life? Carry a month in the life. Yes. Right. Okay. Noah, can you give me your elements and your pitch, please? Uh, so my elements was Mountain Dew, Busy Office Parent, Mrs. Child's Event, and Martial Arts. So You look a lot like James's assistant. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you know how it is in the film industry. You've got to be an assistant first and pitch your movies on the side. Yeah, within eight yeah. minutes, you've moved up in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> Things move fast in Hollywood. Yeah. Okay, when you're ready. So, what are, what are kids love these days, Joe? Cat. What are the, the, uh, like they do love me. Nah. What do kids love? As we all know from Smash Hit, Space Jam 2, and New Legacy, kids these days love video games. Am I right? Yes, they yeah. do. What, yes. what, do kids, what do kids want to be nowadays? They don't want to be firemen or spacemen. They want to be MLG pro gamers. Spacemen. Can I just say, I love how you said firemen and spacemen, implying that there's a 999 service. For people <laughs> go sort space out. <laughs> That's the plot of Unforgiven, that. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Sorry, go anyway, on. kids want to be pro gamers. They see the ninjas, they see the Pokemans, them lot. Um, yeah. So, we, in this case, the child is obviously the child of our main character here. And they um, are entering an esports tournament, of course, sponsored by one of the biggest brands in gaming, Mountain Dew. Okay. So, of course, they're going to this esports event, but the parent, oh, they miss out. Oh, no, they're busy at the office. I can't. I was promised my kid I'd be there to cheer them on playing games, but they can't make it. And. Oh, they really should have made it because it turns out that the, the entry contract or whatever the kids have to sign actually transports them into some sort of virtual fighting ring. They thought, oh, I'm going to come here and play Tekken. No, they are transported into Tekken <laughs> and then people against each other. I just love how you go, oh, with like... <laughs> Going for you see some in your voice. Oh, I love me some Tekken. <laughs> so, oh, so, so the the kid has been transported into this virtual fighting world, and mm. the parent arrives just as it's all about to kick off. Like, oh no, I've got to save my child from this essentially just child. <laughs> Um, they're not all children, but several children. <laughs> the, the, not all children. Not all gamers are children. 
all these people have been transported into this Mountain Dew sponsored fighting ring. And in order to save their kid, the parent must enter this Mountain Dew fighting ring and, you know, martial arts their way through a vast array of enemies to um, save their child at the end. And, so, uh, yep, yeah, it's a lean 94 minutes. Um, it turns out that the tournament <laughs> is ran by some sort of evil, evil, con- <laughs> as you know from um, Space Jam to A New Legacy. Um, Don Cheadle okay. in that one is to make... So like, you've got Don big... Cheadle for this, have you? It's not... It's heavily inspired by it. It's not a sequel. It's not okay. Don Cheadle. <laughs> At no point did I think, oh yeah, this will be a sequel to Space Jam. Is it in the Space Jam cinematic universe? No. No. No, I don't think Tekken's a Warner Brothers property, James. No. Um, That's the thing. Okay. Joe, I, have made, I have made notes. Joe, seeing as you are the producer here, I assume mm. licensing is going to be part of your deal, so you could go Tekken, we could pursue the Mortal Kombat route, we can see if the dead are alive. I feel people. like if it's Mortal Kombat, it can't be a kid. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. I like I like the idea. Uh, I think more yeah. Mountain Dew should maybe have more of a role in it because yes, I am the producer. I'm the one who has to talk to the Mountain Dew executives and tell them, yeah, you're sponsoring child murderers in this movie. So could we maybe make it the Mountain Dew made is like, I don't know, magical and they that's what made them go into the game somehow? What are you doing? Pointing because I've got a hand raised. Right, okay. I don't, so, of course... You don't have to put your hand is... up when I'm talking to you. <laughs> as soon as you finish, you can oh. talk again. Alright. <laughs> that's how talking works. I don't know. Go on, yeah. You had your hand up. So, what is Mountain Dew? It is green, it is syrupy, and more importantly, it is gamer fuel. It yeah. is gamer fuel. That's what the we gamers agree on that, yes. think. And in this virtual world, of course, there is Mountain Dew for the gamers to have, which mm. the parent drinks and gets boosts from. Maybe okay. in the real world, okay. they were like, Oh, the Mountain Dew—that's a kids' thing. I ain't drinking that. But now they get into the game world, and now they have to yeah. reluctantly embrace the Mountain Dew. As the I will know, arc... they've got to do the do. Right. The Indeed. character arc of the parent is learn to enjoy <laughs> the crispy the beverage they, Mountain not Dew. Not just that; they are embracing the whole esports gaming community. That they failed yeah. to embrace and missed the child's esports tournament for. In the end, bringing them together over being able to share interests with one another. I know I actually like that. Uh, one thing I want to clarify: mm-hmm. yeah, if the parent, so the kid is in the game, and the yeah. parent is playing the game. So I mean, oh, no, this the, isn't the a loaded parent, qu- The parent joins the game world. They they, oh, they like voluntarily in. sign up. Yeah. Everyone else I has thought, been captured. I thought no. what you were gonna, what you were saying was, is the parent was going to play the game with the control or whatever, and literally control the kids' movements. Has, um, maybe the kid has inhabited a character or something like that. Uh, what do you no, think? The, the, 
the, no, no. The parent, <laughs> the, the parent is joining the game. Yeah, no, no. The parent voluntarily, like, said, oh, I'm going to take this risk and join this virtual fighting world to try and save my child. Okay, but can we incorporate a bit of, like, the new Jumanji, maybe, and they both inhabit, you know, gamified versions of themselves, maybe? Like, instead of one of them turning into the rock or whatever, they become, you know, Kazuya or Heihachi Mishima, but they still look like the actor. That's the thing. These kids ain't going to know, like, Kung Fu, so, like, the evil corporation's going to have to, like, oh, like, you know, Kung Fu now. I've programmed it, that sort of thing. So they now know Kung Fu. Okay. That's fine. Do you have a title? Yes, so the title is Kung Fu the Do. Tagline Do the Kung Fu. (laughs) (laughs) I love love that you've taken the same joke but done it twice. Fucking hell. Okay, that is a good one. Uh, I'm going to move on to Isaac. Mate, what are your elements? And then give me your pitch, please. Fucking hell. So I've got quippy dialogue, vegans, mm-hmm. and aliens. And aliens, right. So, um, I get to pick if it's a film or a game, right? No, I, I've said it's a game for this round. Uh, sorry, a film oh, for this round. So, okay, cool. Perfect, it's even better. So, Mr. Producer, you look yes. very handsome today. Um, okay. So, how do you like my awards on the shelf behind me? Oh, but the stunning so many. You yeah. must be leader in your industry. Don't, don't patronise me. There's only two. So, so, right. So I've laid some groundwork. So yeah. I've been on the phone to John Krasinski. We have the go ahead. This is within the A Quiet Place, A Quiet Place Two universe. Some would say it's a spiritual successor. But I wouldn't want to brag. Um, so, what do we know about vegans? They're geniuses. They're smart. We all wish we would have a bravery to do it. Like, I love meat, but I can't. I couldn't possibly do it. I know it's good for the planet. I know it's. I just admire them so much. So, what we're gonna do? Like I said, we so. I forget the names of them, but the Quiet Place Aliens. I don't believe they had names. You just have the film with John Krasinski and forgot <laughs> everything he told you about his film. <laughs> no, 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 don't worry. As, as I said, it's a spiritual successor within right. reason, so he's dead. Spoilers. Um, oh. About 50 years after the events of Quiet Place 2. Has anyone seen no. a Quiet Place 2? No. Okay, so about 50 years after. This alien film. Yeah. Um, Just move on, mate. <laughs> the world is ravaged. The, yeah. world, the world is in a mess. And they're trying to investigate why these aliens can. Mm. And I don't know if you know, the aliens can't see. They're here by sound. Sound is the first one. Yeah. So, <clears throat> 50 years go by, and they're searching, trying to figure out, because they haven't had anything else since. It's just been war-torn the whole world. Anyway, the top scientists who happen to be, be vegans, 
they um, they discover that these aliens one hear one hear stuff quite quite well, but mainly they're attracted to the smell of people who eat meat. <laughs> so, coincidentally, when the aliens left, who's left on the planet? All the vegans. Now, this is where the emotion comes in. Vegans, notoriously lov- lovable people and very loving people. And, like, they're not going to pressure you to, to become vegan. They're going to force you to, like, take up their ways. And they, they just, they love everybody. So, obviously, they're a bit devastated with their family. All their meat-eat parts of their family are gone. Wouldn't you mm. be, sir? Yeah, yeah, I would be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, obviously. Um, <laughs> Still waiting for the pitch. <laughs> so, so, obviously. But they're... <laughs> Where is this going? So, <laughs> it sounds like a lot of exposition, but I don't yeah. know what to a, lo- a lot of it, a lot of it about how lovely vegans are. <laughs> we'll come back to that. How lovely vegans are. Um, <laughs> uh, so, in the process of fifty years, they've discovered that like they smell meat or meat meat eaters. Anyway, just coincidentally. About two weeks after its discovery, they discover the ship that the aliens came down on. And they're like, right, we're going to fucking get them. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they get on the ship. <laughs> they get on the ship. And um, the coordinates, quite conveniently, are in the GPS, in the sat stuff. So back to the, like, you know, when you, when you get in your car and you come up on your phone, like, oh, map to home. That comes up. The map to Alien Home. So they're on their way. So they've gone, obviously, all these cool vegans. And don't forget the quippy dialogue. In this travel, this, I was going to say plane ride, in this spaceship ride, non-stop joked. God, it's hilarious. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about it, this could probably be a trilogy. But we'll go for one film first. So... <laughs> It's just so many quips, just uh, it's amazing. I'm, I'm thinking what? we have. I can't say I've got them yet, but I'm thinking the mm. the sort of ship may be flown by because uh, don't worry, I have looked into it. I have mm. um, famous vegan Joaquin Phoenix earmarked as being the the quippy like driver of the spaceship. Mm. I feel like it's a new world for him as he gets older. He in my suit. Um. Yeah, so they get to a planet, and what do they do? They fuck shit up. They kill all these aliens, and they discover that these aliens live on a planet where there is no meat. It's just beautiful nature. There's no, like, there's no animals to begin with. Ugh, gross. Because we're vegans. So, it's just just trees trees and plants and vegetables and fruits. And then, so, so, so the vegans okay. then get back on the ship. So they conquered this planet. They've got these aliens back. <clears throat> and they're thinking, now it's time to go home. But then it, they look around and they're like, I don't want to go home. 
I've found home. The end. Okay, Isaac, um, that was impressive for the fact Thank that you. I've listened to a lot of pitches so far, and not one of them has had plot holes until I heard yours. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't so, why, so if they live on a planet... First of all, I'm not sure you understand what a vegan is. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. So, on this planet of aliens, uh, to which they fly with a ship, even though in in quiet place they arrive on an asteroid because they're not sapient. Let's just brush uh, through that. Uh, this is fifty just... years in the future, Joe. Very, okay, so in fifty clear. years, in fifty years, these aliens that are basically animals develop space travel. Yeah, yeah. It's compatible yeah. with human technology. Because humans yeah. can drive it. Okay. Despite the fact they can't years. see either. <laughs> yeah, they go moving, off by... Moving past that. Moving past that. What I'm most talking about. What, what about blind people, Joe? There's blind scientists. Yeah. Are they not allowed did to they travel? Start, did, they, did they... 50 years ago, were they literal animals? My point... The thing I'm most like... What, discuss is okay. so you've revealed that on their home planet there's no animals which you think are gross <laughs> which is not yeah. why vegans which is not why vegans don't eat them by the way <laughs> vegans don't go oh a cat and then just not eat it because of that <laughs> they don't never mind so they so they're on a planet where there's no animals and there's no meat as you put it so why do they go to a planet where there's meat and not even eat the meat. They wait for because, someone to eat the meat and then eat we, them. Because as we've learned, carnivores, meat eaters, horrible. Yeah. We're all horrible. We should be shamed. So they've gone to this... Shot. <laughs> well, essentially, yes. If you say you eat meat nowadays, they lock you in jail. <laughs> so yes, so they've come to Earth because... Now this is a kicker, potentially a spin-off. You could do a prequel into the aliens. Um, well, a prequel sequel, obviously, sequel to... to uh, I, Isaac, um, I just want to interrupt. You've suggested a spin-off and a trilogy for this, despite the fact that you've not even told the story. <laughs> I told, All I know from the story is every carnivore meat-eater person is dead. The vegans are a bit gutted, so they fly to their planet and, in your words, fuck shit up. And you go, it could be a trilogy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't see the issue here. Okay. Um, but yes, God just almighty. to clarify, the aliens have no meat on their planet because they ate it all, so they needed to come to Earth. And so right. eat, eat the rotting skin of humans, and they could smell okay. it because they were meaty. It makes slightly more sense now. I will give you that. Slightly. What have you got for a title? So, here's a kicker. So... You've said that twice already, but go on. So, what are kickers to this? <laughs> um, this film is uh, going to be made in conjunction and in partnership with famous vegan company, No Meat. I don't know if you've seen them advertise. They advertise a lot on the football. On the advert title, yeah, I'll give them. Yeah, that. they're just called No Me. Um, so obviously right. they want to get their brand out there. Uh, so the film's going to be called. It's stylized, so it's going to be called Nice to Meet You, 
but in in like a you know when you like it has like type and then like scratched in handwriting it's gonna say no so like nice to no meet you for like perfect branding Isaac, I've never heard anyone say more than five words when I asked them for a title. (laughs) (laughs) When I go, what's the title? No one's ever gone on an extra paragraph. I just wanted to get my point across. And what I love about yours, and I'm not having a go for being, you know, verbose about it, because Kit's quite verbose sometimes, but that's fine. But what it's it's brilliant with you because one of your prompts was quippy dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the space the spaceship ride. They're just flying jokes back yeah, and I love forth. That. It's it, it, from the way you told it. There's no dialogue until they fly to space, and suddenly everyone's having a right laugh. Well, yeah, because all their friends are dead, and now they're quick firing up jokes in space. It's because in Quiet Place. <laughs> The one thing they knew up until now is that they could hear sound. So they needed yeah. to be quiet. Then obviously once they're on the spaceship, they knew nobody was there. So then finally they could get all their quips out. <laughs> Eddie Murphy also, or Ian, Eddie Murphy also in Get that. your quips out, everyone. Oh, now there's a tagline. Get your quips out for yeah. the words. So what I'm gonna do now is I've listened to you all, I'm gonna let you I'm gonna open the floor now. So you can attack each other's um, pictures if you'd like and point out anything maybe I didn't. Anyone can go whenever. Okay. Isaac. Yes. Yes, Jeff. This ending that you've conceived where yeah. they wipe out an entire planet of beings and take it over. Yeah. Would you consider that a happy ending? Yeah. They've, they've attacked Earth, and so the vegans are defending their family's honour, and in doing so, have found their home. And have I feel like you're not getting the emotion here, James. And have committed a genocide. Yeah, yeah oh, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. Your, your answer to the vegan paradise is one genocide, then we're, we're done, we can tell our jokes. Yeah, they killed their families. I, I, I failed to see the issue here. <laughs> you, you did a, uh, you know, when they, like, test, test audiences and, uh, like, do surveys and stuff, I feel like they would get this emotion. Sadly, but, I think you're correct. Hang on, hang on. Let's, true, yeah. we'll, we'll survey the no-meat customers, because obviously that's who we have access to. Right, fucking hell, that's a hard one. Um, I think from my uh, reaction, like my gut sort of feelings uh, and reactions to it, I, I am going to give the win to Noah on that one. Uh, just because as a producer, financially speaking, the branding's very strong mm-hmm. with Mountain Dew. Had to talk that mm-hmm. out of you a little bit, but it, it was there. Um, yeah. It's very... It's very um, it's been done quite a bit, but I don't think it's been done on the big screen where exactly. someone's inhabiting a video game character and it's been stylized in that way. They've done, I know they've done it like South Park and American <laughs> Dad and stuff like that, but I think with a budget, you could make it very good. And mm-hmm. not only do you have Mountain Dew, if we do get a game like, say, Tekken or Street Fighter on there, again, very strong branding. So exactly. I am giving it to you on that one. Um, 
<laughs> the movie itself, dog shit, but we can... <laughs> it could be, yeah, as a producer, I don't care. <laughs> this is Hollywood, Noah. Yeah. We're making money. Um, James, uh, James's, I think, was a bit... We make movies, pal. <laughs> James, I think, was a little weak on plot details, especially compared to everyone else. <laughs> I like that, you know, I like Guy Fieri versus Aliens, and you incorporated the paint being something that, uh, yeah, it's like a siege movie. Mm-hmm. I like that, but I feel like it was a little lacking in extra ideas on that one. So, second place I'm going to give to Kit. Because as mental <laughs> as that beginning was, Yee! that takes a lot of creativity to go, right, carry high school reunion, and then everything else sort of tying in with it. So, Kit, you get second place. Then James. Yeah. I see you are last on that one. But the best the best thing I can say about it is that was by far the funniest pitch. If it was by comedy <laughs> and humour, you'd definitely be first place on that one. I just <laughs> think the message was a bit confused. <laughs> I, I should probably tell for now. I'm not completely sure what vegans are all about. I know they don't eat meat, but No, I gathered that, mate. <laughs> I, I did gather that. The way the way you gave that away by was by going, ugh, animals. Am I right, vegans? As if the vegans in the corner are going to go, yeah, fuck animals. Yeah, but no tools. They hate dogs. They don't get none of them have pets. You did seem yeah, to think exactly. vegans were a species. <laughs> yeah, like a Pokemon. Yeah, they're an evolution of the human race. And there was also a lot of slagging off of like a lot of a big demographic for movies, which is meat eaters. There's going to be a lad sat there eating a hot dog in the cinema like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm just updating the scores. So, Kit, you're going to be first this time. And I'm telling you now, this is going to be a video game. So, we start with you, Kit. Tell me your elements and then start your pitch when you're ready. Hey, so the elements were uh, a house that is alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, baby version of existing franchise mm-hmm. and lol random epic bake- bacon humor. Bakey. Bakey yeah. humor. <clears throat> so, I am proposing a video game uh, to this development house. Um, everyone here is aware of the anime uh, Amityville Horror, aren't we? Yes. Well, what if that yeah. was a baby? What if it was a small child's house? A dollhouse, if you will. Okay. That is also alive. Okay. Um, so you will be playing uh, as actually residents of this child's dollhouse. Uh, Toy Story style, where they okay. are alive uh, at certain points. So not only are the toys alive, but the actual house in of itself is haunted. Uh, this is a haunted okay. uh, dollhouse. Um, it doesn't actually affect any of the humans. It is entirely a haunting based on the dolls. So this entire game uh, works is kind of almost a kind of not necessarily tower defense game, but uh, more of a, a more of something akin to a ca- uh, casual game experience, something similar to a Fallout Shelter type situation right. where this is a this is a game with uh, refresh rates uh, all sorts of incentives to spend real world money um, 
which is where our lol random epic bacon humor comes into this we are going to be releasing a very um obviously a lot of this is actually genuine horror a lot of it is you're trying to like well there is the element of it is toys but you are also trying uh, you are you are actually the house itself trying to haunt and scare away these dolls from this toy doll from this baby dollhouse uh, so they they'd be humanoid human-ish like figures but they would be kind of chibi and small and adorable uh, so as to <laughs> so as for us to be able to get this as like kind of a 7 to an 8 plus uh, type uh, Peggy rating obviously um, uh, but the lol epic random bacon humour uh, comes in the form of there are specific kinds of haunts that you can do, and there are standard haunts. There are making cups float about. There is making blood, uh, making the walls turn red. Or well, actually, they'll probably be green in this because we we want to avoid blood because we are trying to kind of lean like, towards the kind of child kind friendly. Of yeah, yeah, gack in the walls. Um, but then we have the we have the specific uh, license. Well, the specific DLC packs. Uh, and you, as part of that, you can have a more or less a randomizer, and it is a randomizer that uh, throws a series of because obviously we are older people, the a series of outdated memes that will be very much outdated by the time we even put them in the game. Obviously, we'll consistently update, but we will always be at least six to twelve months behind. Uh, and then also because uh, we we want to we want to play about, uh, there will be a lot of I can has cheeseburger, two thousand six uh, motivational meme stuff in there as well. But so it'd be a special effect that would be allowed, but it would also it would only you'd only be allowed to use the random button once per day, unless obviously you pay money to get more access to the random button through our virtual currency. That you can buy with real world currency. So this is going to be a mobile game. Yeah, this is going to be a mobile game, similar, akin to something similar to like a Fallout Shelter, but the mo- the game itself is about you uh, in this dollhouse haunting these kind of shabby little kind of like slightly humanoid like doll figures. And okay. once per day, you can hit the law rat. You can hit the law button and use kind of almost a meme reference as your as as oh. your as your basis so it could there could be one one day it could be the Rick Astley button uh, or another day it could be just one it could be the NEDM cat face oh, um okay. so so okay let me summarize it then so what you so the the baby side of it, the baby um, version of a franchise you chose was Amateurville Horror, which was yes. a real thing that happened, although it was a hoax. It's a real-life event, and you decided to make it baby. And by by that, you mean it is a baby house, so a dollhouse. That's it fine. It is a dollhouse, like yes. I, do, I also enjoyed the face uh, James made when you said it's going to be like Toy Story, but haunted. He looked genuinely horrified. <laughs> um, and you have the little epic random bacon thing. What was your other element? 
Um, it was the house that is alive. House is alive. Baby version, existing franchise. Lol. Random. So what? So so I'm going to walk through it. So I download it and I've set. I've you know gone through the tutorial and that. So I'm essentially going through rooms of this dollhouse and tapping buttons to scare them, scare Hmm. the dolls. And obviously you would only you you'd have a selection of different stuff, but also you would have to try and time it because you also because you would also have a tight a bar that would refresh so you'd only be able to haunt a certain area you'd only be able to tap a certain area like once every two minutes so you have to really time it for them actually still being in the room and obviously at certain points certain points we will kind of cheat the system a little so that the the character will leave just before the review point in which it refreshes because obviously we have to try and create an incentive this is this is the kind of thing like you would grow more powerful over time but only to a certain level at a, cer- at a certain point, it, realistically, you have to start spending money to actually progress and get a lot more of the different unique hauntings. And um, the sense of progress comes from extra things you can do to scare them, maybe building extra rooms. Yeah, it would be extra rooms, new residents. Like they right. would leave, okay. and then another, another group would. Uh, so would maybe come you're like freaking out these toys so much that the, the little kid who owns the toys. Has to go out and get more to replace them, or yeah, or maybe and they're would, and obviously on. the and then also you could buy certain toys as well as uh, in the store for real money okay. as well. Uh, can I get a title? Um, it's going to be the Am- Amityville Horror, but it's going to be pronounced and spelt with a series of W's and U's. So it's going to be the Amityville Horror. <laughs> 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 Fuck's sake! Is it going to be spelt like Amazaville and then like horror, but it's the oh whoa thing? Yes. Is that what you're saying? Um, okay. Fuck me. Whatever I had to pull that up, <laughs> that's kind of blown out of the water, to be honest. Um, okay. Well, as a as a producer, obviously I'm I'm here for the money grubbing. Yeah, I think. Uh, okay. Not much to say on that at the moment. It is a good idea. Um. Yeah, let's leave it at that for now. Uh, let's move on to Noah. I think it is. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Um, small point. Element. Obviously, uh, slight point. Obviously, if we if we have any issues with uh, Amy Deville and any of the licensing with that, we will go for Poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Noah, give me your uh, three elements and then pitch away. Members of a video uh, game. So we had songwriting, mm-hmm. Greg's, and BMWs. Yes. So I'm just just checking right off the bat here. When we say BMWs, we are talking about the cars, right? Or have, <laughs> is there some sort of euphemism that's gone over my head? Yeah, what I was actually talking about was big, massive willies. <laughs> oh, okay. No, the cars, mate. Okay, it was the cast. Okay. So, like my previous video game pitch from the last game I was in, we're thinking small, we're thinking indie, we're thinking, oh, it's going to be one of these games that drops on Steam and it's going to like edge into people's Game of the Year conversation, just just floating in through. Okay. So, the premise is... It's a very it's a, bold claim. <laughs> You've given me no yeah. details so far. Trust me, Game of the Year, trust me. Okay. It, 
at the very least, best indie ge- best debut game at the Game Awards. Jeff Keighley's right. going to give it Don't to me. Don't mitigate it. Go on, stick to your truth. Okay, so text adventure, yeah? Right, <laughs> yeah. We are playing a text adventure. We you play as a as the lead singer in a three piece indie band uh, from Sheffield, and the the main gameplay loop is you driving town to town, and the idea is that on your tour you are visiting all the Gregs possible between the towns, and it is in the car and at these Gregs these conversations will take place. Now, as the lead singer, you are also writing material for your next album. And it is these conversations, after you complete them, you will then skip ahead to the gig that night, full of baked goods. And as the song plays, you will have the options to pick the lines of the song depending on where your characters are at or in the story, what dialogue you've chosen, and how the characters are developing and the relationships between them. And yes, it is a self-discovery game. It's, there's no real sort of like big crescendo. It's sort of like a, just a nice experience of this these three people going from Sheffield, going north, doom going to all the graves. <laughs> Can I clarify, when you say text adventure, do you mean like MS-DOS purely text? No, no, no. So it'll be like, you're like, it'll be like an ambient, just scroll like a car going down the road and the text will be at the bottom. Just David. Just that. It'll be, oh, Alicia. It's your character. So it's kind of like um, I'm trying to think of a game that's like that. So like a walking adventure, but like 2D, 2D graphics. Yeah, you're not doing much walking because the driving just does it automatically. It's meant to be you're in the passenger seat and you're just choosing the dialogue options. Okay, and I mean, I think you're underestimating how many Gregs there are in the country, for one, if he's visiting every single one. Uh, well, on, so... on their tour routes, on the route of their tour. Of course. Okay. They're not. Oh even God, I think even yeah. still. But okay, that's fine. Um, so you choose what you want. So let's say you pick um, uh, what's it called? A steak bake. Um, yes. You would then have a song that's about steak bakes. No, the Greg's portion is just that they are going to these places and visiting them. It's just the songs are just okay. They materialize from the dialogue options you've unlocked, and the connections right, right, okay. made. So the Greg's is a very human story, Joe. It's about the people more than the sausage rolls. You get me? Right. Okay. But one of your elements was Greg's, and you've gone, yeah. This is this where they drive a BMW, they write songs. Greg's is just there. (laughs) Greg's is over there somewhere. They just stop off at Greg's, and and there's nothing else to be said for that. Like some of the conversations are at Greg's, and you sat there. There's a little. Three people, as I said, whoever says it's their dialogue, so you pick how you want to reply. Branching dialogue options, replayability. Yeah, yeah. How are these characters going to end up? I'm all for that. I just, it's just weird that 
you took a third of your premise and went, it's just there. It doesn't actually affect anything. The same with BMW, really. Scenery dressing. Uh, same with BMW. Like you drive a BMW, you know, so I guess yes, it is incorporated. Yes, in the BMW. Oh, oh, really? Yes. Yep, that's my pitch. Sticking by it. All right. Well, I've said what I need to say about that. I think. I think yeah, uh, yeah. it's not a bad idea at all. Yeah, you know just... what? Take, take it or leave it. That's fine. All right, that's leave fine. it. Uh, on to you, Isaac. <laughs> he didn't hear the title. Go on. Um, blues and brown sauce. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, I like that. Okay. Um, Isaac, please give me your uh, elements and then tell me your pitch, please. My elements are Colombo, meditation, and fashion. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's interesting we follow on from Noah. Noah's quite like small, small scale, quite quirky game. I know, mm. I appreciate that. Um, so what I'm... Did you ever play L.A. Noir, Joe? Play what? L.A. Noir by Rockstar Games. Oh, yes, yes, I did, yeah. So this is what I'm picturing. So very much in the style of L.A. Noir, we're playing Columbo from, hence the show, Columbo, um, but in his later years. So now he's 80, but he just can't give it up. He's uh, still working... Um, day to day, not even having days off on weekends, mainly because his devoted wife. As we find, so this is a dark game. So I'm sorry, I'm going to break down a bit. Um, oh no! So the in, you know those games where like the intro is about like an hour or so long, it's sort of cutscene. So it's essentially an episode of Columbo you kick off with, and you open and it's a hospital bed. And you see Columbo sat bedside and you just see the tear-jerking passing away of his wife. Obviously, it's very emotional. Tears and it's it's really sombre music. There's a lot of tears, yeah. (laughs) Immediately, Columbo gets a call. And obviously, he's 80, so he doesn't really know how to work his iPhone. So he's really sort of struggling to get He's getting quite frustrated. And it's... Who is it? It's the office. They're calling him in. They've got a murder for him to solve. And he's like, fuck's sake. God. But, you know, Columbo, he's not going to turn down work. It's what keeps him sane. Mm-hmm. Almost to a point of obsession. So we watch him. We watch him solve this murder. It's done. So then when you finally get control of a game, oh. it's <laughs> Columbo's... Uh, not wizen, uh, awoken from a rough night's sleep. So it's we're about like four weeks after his wife's death, and he hasn't slept a wink, and really troubled. But he's still going to work, still doing a fucking bang up job. He's still the best on the force, which is why they can't let him go. Um, yeah, and so you play out a few missions, and you start to notice that. So we've got like a quite an interesting game mechanic where you don't pick a difficulty through the sort of first let so I'm a picture in a game that takes about eighty hours. So the first ten or so hours are quite easy and well first few of the ten hours are quite easy. And as you go through the ten it gets increasingly more difficult. Mm. 
and it's because Columbo's sort of starting to not lose his mind, but he's um, like he's losing. I was going to say the will to live. He's losing the passion for the job. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Isaac, can I just stop you for a second? Just because I love how you've gone. We're going to do something a bit different with video games here. We're going to do increasing difficulty as it goes on, and like that's how games work, mate. Mario. <laughs> Mario isn't harder because he's got dementia. <laughs> <laughs> I understand where you're from, but you, you, know, you can't make it sound like it's your idea to be like, it gets more difficult as it goes on, this video game. Making my pitch sound grandeur. Anyway. So yeah, he's, lo- he's losing... I can't picture it. The world to live is the only way I can wear it, but he's not wanting to die, but like he's obviously... He's not... Um, He's just not got no connection for the world. He can't find enjoyment in anything. He's struggling without his wife. And they notice this on the force. And they um, they sign him up because obviously they need him. Like They need him to work because he's the best, obviously. And so they, uh, they pay for him to get private um, hypnotherapy. So, so I, I speak from experience. I, I went to hypnotherapy last year. I got a lot of benefit. So in... In the solution-based hypnotherapy I did, it also uses a lot of trance stuff, trance state, meditations, one of my elements. Um, and so um, he starts trying this out. And so over the next probably few hours of a game, what you essentially play out is a series of uh, late hypnotherapy sessions. And then you have... It sort of goes into like a dream state, and similar to nowhere where it's text adventure, you you see sort of a no, it's obviously in text, but you see like the prompt come up and you hear from a therapist, and she's talking to you, and then you reply back, and basically, so the solution based part of hypnotherapy is you come up with ways of stuff that you think goals. You come up with goals to improve, not improve your life, but like to give you wins throughout throughout the day. And so Columbo does this, and you sort of, you, to a certain extent, it's sort of like you can pick your own choices, but you do very much get led towards, so the dialogue builds on each other, and you sort of get led towards to discovering that in his later years, Columbo's actually uh, developed quite an eye for quite fine, like quite high-end fashion. And so... And so, so you, so <laughs> serious. Can I just quick, serious. Can I quickly ask you something, just very okay. quickly, genuine question. Have you ever watched Columbo? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's fine. Yeah. I continue. So he, he's discovered he's got a quite interesting high end fashion, but because he's so miserable over his his wife passing away, as you would be. Um, he just can't enjoy it. He can't enjoy his life anymore. So I'm thinking the therapist's name should be Janice. That's a nice name. So Janice, over these series of sessions, she sort of encourages you to like start doing this You've stuff. You've not you given me any gameplay whatsoever, and the thing you deliberated most on was fucking Janice. It's like L.A. Noire. So the first ten hours you're playing and you're so... It's a third-person action-adventure game. 
Obviously, right. there's mystery involved, just solving them. I thought that, sorry, I thought that was self-explanatory. Um, okay. So you so solve yes, a mystery Jack... as Columbo, and yes. then he loses, in your words, the will to live, <laughs> and now it's a fashion game. <laughs> because of hypnotherapy? No, 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 it's not a fashion game. You've just discovered that... I'll, I'll skip to the end. So for him to find the will yeah. to live, yeah. he has to embrace the things that he loves in life. Yes, his wife's gone. Yes, he's sad. Yes, he misses her. Yes, he's 18. He's near death himself. But he can still enjoy what he has rest of, in the rest of his life. And to do that, he finally has to come to terms with he needs to retire. He needs to, have, he needs to let himself go off into the sunset Go to France, go to these places that are known for their like, high fashion, and he can finally enjoy his life. However, so in the background, he's obviously solving all these murders after these hypnotherapy sessions, and he's starting to get better. And so the, the difficulty basically gets higher and, and uh, what sorry, harder and easier as uh, Columbo's mental, I forgot his name, as Columbo's mental health. Improves <laughs> or reduces, depending on how well you do in these hypnotherapy sessions. Um, and so, throughout the rest of the 70 hours of the game, there's one murder that like, can't be solved, and it's sort of wondering why it is. And um, so, a final level plays out. You've got these leads, and you chase down to this sort of safe house that they reckon this, this murder was from because. Well, you don't know who it is yet, but you, they're on the one. And then he gets there, and he catches the murderer in the act, about to murder the new person, a new person and another person. And who is it? It's Janice. So he so, catches yeah, the, the murderer in the act? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so then it's left on like a cliff, and he did turn him in, but Janice almost practically saved, like turned his life around, Showed him the, the meaning to life after years of working on the force, working his bones. It's just, what's he going to do? Working his bones. Yeah, I, 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 I forgot what I was going to say. Finger to the bone. Finger to the bone. Yeah. his bones. <laughs> Isaac, Isaac, I've only yeah. listened to two pictures from you so far, and I already can see patterns, and they're <laughs> fascinating to me. The first one really reminds me of, I remember specifically as a teenager uh, realising what it meant to, to like, I remember typing out the phrase, by that I mean this, in all my essays, because it bumped up the word count. Your pictures <laughs> read a lot like that. And the other thing that I love is that your method of incorporating elements is to go, right, we start with this, and then we go to this supplement, and then we end on that one. To you, they're not elements to be good, they're chapters. Yeah. Which I think is really... It's just no one's done that. <laughs> and it makes for a really confusing experience. Because <laughs> I'm here like, okay, L.A. Noir, I kind of understand what that's about. What, okay, Columbo doing that, fine. He's even in L.A., so yeah, totally works. Yeah. Um, and then you were like, anyway, hypnotherapy. Yeah, like what? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what it is. You simultaneously have a load of thought put into it and absolutely none at all. And so, yeah, I also but... love how you went, you told this story that could be legitimately, because 
I know I I I don't know how James feels because I know James is a fellow Columbo fan. I found that very upsetting to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they just lost the will to live after his wife dies on screen. Say that the idea of introducing Columbo's wife for the first time ever because she's never on screen. Yeah, yeah. just a killer. Brutal but genius. I mean, I can't argue with that. But what gets me is like, because it was upsetting, but at the same time, when you got to the end and you were like, maybe he's got to learn to let go of, of you know, working cases and stuff, that yeah. could legitimately be heartbreaking in a good way. Uh, but then you went, it ends on a cliffhanger. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. we don't even get that finality of the story arc. Well, I thought, the end. I thought, could you. Obviously, producer, we're you all in the business. I just wanted to leave it open for a potential series of Columbo games. Of an eighty-year-old man who's dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they got sequel potential. The, the, the sequel games, rather than Janice. the sequel games, would be like uh, you know, like how twenty-four was twenty-four hours. It'd be very much like that. So it'd be solving different murders in real time. So, so obviously Why? you could get quite a lot of mileage out of it. Why though? <laughs> it's an eighty-year-old man. He's not going to get done in an hour. <laughs> exactly. There's loads of cliffhangers. <laughs> <laughs> multiple branching oh, paths and multiple cliffhangers. Yeah, yeah. and look, that's my favourite thing is we finally get a decision from him on how he lives out the rest of his life. We don't know what happens. <laughs> Cliffhanger. Okay. Um, it's the epilogue. Okay. Going to move on. I think it's... Is it James next? Oh, sorry. The title of my game was... Oh, just sorry. Columbo. Yeah, title. It was just Columbo, The Later Years. Okay. Okay. Doesn't tell you much, that does it? <laughs> <laughs> That's fine, keep it. Um Yes, James, sorry, you're next. Tell me your elements and your pitch, please. Remember right, the video so game. I had Scatman John, mm -hmm. nice. Divorce, and Dinosaurs. Okay. <laughs> I mean that's pretty much been handed to me on a plate. I don't really need to do much with that. Well, let's see what you've got. So what I'm envisioning is a cross between Parappa the Rapper and Command and Conquer. Of course you are, yeah. Of course. Now, yeah. before there was Jurassic World, there was Scatman's World. Before John Hammond, yeah. he was Scatman John. Yeah. Now, the reason that he, he started the park was to try and win his wife back after she left him. Because she was, you know, dinosaur-obsessed. And so this was his last-ditch attempt. He tried everything. He tried writing her letters. He tried getting, you know, flowers. The only, the only other option was creating a dinosaur park. Right, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So this is both a prequel to Jurassic Park 
and a sequel to the life of Scatman John. <laughs> right. Because he faked his death and went off to create this dinosaur park. And with his wife back. Yes. So, well, of course, yeah. He's, he needs a motive. So, so his wife doesn't... Does she know he's faked his death? Yeah. But she's sick of his shit, so she doesn't care. Is that the reason she divorced him? No. No, th- this okay. is... He's... Like I say, he's been, he's been led to these extreme steps. Okay. So he, he's, like, got on the phone to her and gone, get me, I've, got, I've gone and faked me death, I'm going to make your part to win you back. Yeah. So she's aware of his, his ploy. Yeah, and she's like, oh, yeah, okay, John, whatever. Okay. So the concept of the game... You're fucking terrifying when you get serious like this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. Okay. So, essentially, the, the game starts, you have built your park, mm-hmm. you've populated it with dinosaurs, but... You want to make a, a video for your wife to show her how much you care, what you've done for her, to show off the park, mm. and to, you know... She loves your music. This is the thing. Even if she doesn't love you anymore, she loves your music. So you figure, combine the music and the park, win her back, and then come back to life. And so the, so the task of the game is to create a music video for her. Right. Set in the park. The only issue hmm. is that all the dinosaurs have been let out. <laughs> Why? Malfunction. Okay, yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the, the sort of thing that happens at dinosaur parks. Yeah. And so what you have to do is... It doesn't happen to... at Chester Zoo, does it? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it never happens there. Know. Always seems to happen at dinosaur ones. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So your your mission is to make this music video while pandemonium is going on. The only thing you have on your side is your group of raptors that you've trained. You've you've raised okay. them from kids. They respond to your scatting. It's yeah. And so what you need to do is while you're filming this music video. You're going to get attacked by dinosaurs and you need to scat in order to direct the raptors to keep the dinosaurs away from you. Right, okay. I think I get you. Because you have so, to understand your scatting, basically. Are the velociraptors also scatting? It, uh, as best like, they can, given their vocal cues. Are they doing that, like, you know that, like, call they make when they're calling for help? Yeah. It's like that, but it's going... Da, 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 da. It's like that, is it? Yes. Although that 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 bit you're doing there isn't really scatting. That's just the tune. No, I'm just doing the tune. But yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do velociraptor noise. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so essentially, what you're doing, you're you're signalling the raptors as you go. So you it, there's 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 a tactical element, but you have to make it sound good because this is going in the music video. Hence the parappa comparison. Exactly, yeah. So it's it's a rhythm game in that sense. You need to do the ski and hop and the skidaddle at exactly the right time. Okay. So, okay. I feel like you've missed a bit of a trick in building the park. I think starting with it built, I feel like you could get more in there if you built it. 
in game. If you if you want to make DLC, that is entirely up to you. Well, it couldn't be DLC because it would start the game. Yeah, but you can have prequel DLC. Come on, think. Okay. What was that? So, so I think. Come on. Hmm. Whose office are you in again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm the guy's assistant. I just got to go with him. Yeah. Stop okay. assisting for a second. Any questions? Okay. So, are you okay? So, it, this is a, was a real person. So we've got to be yes. mindful of that. Yeah. And we'll have I, to get it cleared by his estate. Yeah. Yes, I feel like this is somewhat disrespectful to him <laughs> that he faked his death and you know he's trying to get his mystery wife back. And I was like, okay, I could look past that, but then it, it's literally just occurred to me mm. that. He that the game is him, you know, press square to make him scat and everything. He's going bad like this. Well, the bunch of raptors around him, protecting him, scaring yeah. off other dinosaurs, like, repelling them. Yeah. While people around him are all being murdered. No, 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 no. He hasn't opened it to right. the public yet. Right. Okay. That's so he's fair. literally alone on this island with a bunch of dinosaurs. Okay. Title. It's called, and this is the thing, it's called Scatman's Girl. And you assume, yes. oh, it's that refers to his wife. You know, mm. he, he wants to win mm. her back. At the end of the game, you find out it's actually the head raptor. The clever girl, you see. Janice. I would have gone Scatman's Jurassic World, but that's just me. I... <laughs> I think that was, that realization of clever girl just broke my fucking brain. Because <laughs> it's, like, it's like for a split second I went that makes sense. Then right after I was like, no, no. <laughs> okay, all right. Scatman's girl, hmm. and then at the end, I love how often you lot. By the way, when I give you a prompt, you go, "That's the thing." At the end, <laughs> something daft happens. Um. Okay, I'm going to open the floor. Uh, if anyone wants to critique someone else's uh, pitch or ask questions, go ahead. Uh, I'd, I'd just like to point out, not to um, sort of downplay anybody else's fantastic pitches, fantastic ideas. Well, you have to downplay them, mate. That's the I really appreciate them all. Um, but <laughs> in the end of the day, we're in the business of making money. Am I right, Joe? Yes. Yes. Uh, Colombo has star power. Uh, if you believe, up, if you believe, Ooh. Scatman John still has star power in 2021, and think that will make uh, a lot of money, I question your sanity. This has um, been recorded, right? Just so. Yes, it's been recorded. Yes. Cool. In fact, yeah. I, I I will back that up. Scatman John's uh, most successful album, Scatman's World. Um, its peak position year at, well, its peak position was at number one in the Finnish albums chart. So I'll give you that; it will sell in Finland. Thank but I, I don't know about worldwide. Colombo was an international hit, so that's all I'll say. And I will say this: mm-hmm. I've heard Scatman John's songs. You haven't watched Colombo. <laughs> what I love about this interaction by the way, is you both took beloved 
real people, Peter Falk in, in Columbo's case, who have died, and you've both disrespected them. We've both and given both, a lot. And you've both yeah. just argued with each other, I'm better at disrespecting them than you are. Well, I, I should be allowed to disrespect them in my way. I think me and James are more honouring them past their death. Yeah. Hmm. Scatman John becomes Richard Attenborough. There's no better fate. Yes. Scatenborough. There we go. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have to deliberate. I, from a purely money-making perspective, I'm going to have to go with that because games... As far as producers are concerned, games can be art or they can just be, you know, money makers. I think given the selection I've been given today, if I'm going for money and people might enjoy it, I'm going for kits. Because a mobile game, they're just more popular, they're more accessible. Um, and I do like the idea of a haunting simulator. I don't actually think that's been done, has it? Yeah, I think it has been, to be honest. I think you cr- do the haunting. Yeah, I, I think I might be cribbing this from somewhere. I'll have a look. Don't tell them that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'm not aware of anything. Subconscious. It, it is. It's. It was subconscious if it was done. I, I can't think of anything that it's, it's done. So as a producer, that means it's an original idea. I don't so think. Give in the, I don't. Yeah, I don't think anything has been done in the specific uh, Fallout Shelter type cooldown periods. Select I still areas. don't think anything's been done as a haunting thing. Like you haunt someone. It's usually you would be pl- like a player character. With this is kind of more of a tap and wait type. Yeah, I don't, I don't think or there's like a tap you and wait type. As, oh, you playing as a house? That's definitely not been done. Yeah. So yeah, points for originality as well. I think even Ooh. if you did, I don't think it's been done in that way at all. Not not in that specific way. I don't think so. No. Um. Next, I'm going to give it to... Fuck me. Um, I'm going to give it to Isaac. Thank you. Because that is so fucking weird. <laughs> it's so weird. I can see it being a, like a runaway... Not a runaway, like a, a dark horse hit. Yeah, you can see, I can see someone going, have you seen this Columbo game that's come out? You get hypnotherapy and he dies at the end, maybe. <laughs> I think that's got... What's that word, the word for that? Like, You know how there's stunt casting? It's like that, but for the premise of the game. I don't know what the word would be. High concept. So I'm going to go with that. Sorry? High concept. High con- that's definitely not a high concept. <laughs> it's very high. It's, it a concept, it's a concept that's good while you're high. That yeah. counts. <laughs> so yes, I'm giving you the points there, uh, Isaac. Next, I'm going to give it to James because it was very close to being not the same as Isaac's, but the same kind of, there'd be the same notoriety, I think. You'd be the very same tonally, I think. Joe, can I ask? Go on. Would I have ranked higher if I'd called it Divorceraptor? Yeah, you would. Shit. Did you hear that noise, Kitchen? <laughs> you really would. It's too late now. I've given it to you. Well, yeah. yeah. And um, Noah, uh, yeah, I, I didn't get much from your game, unfortunately. But you're still second place. So, 
And I did see you flip me off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I think we're going to have to make this the last round. So we'll make Noah first. Noah, please give me your three elements and your movie pitch, please. Thank you. Yes. The pitch that is definitely formed in my mind. Those three yeah. elements that I have are number one, rudeness. Number two, coffee. Mm. And number three, The Simpsons. Yes. So, of course, we are in the town of Springfield. For cl- for so, co- context sake, for people listening, the last Simpsons uh, pitch that Noah gave involved it being a porno. Yeah. So we're just getting that out there so people know. Yeah. Um, the two are unrelated. This is a whole new. This is a whole new Simpsons adventure. Totally Disney different. Disney Plus approved. Yeah, it's the thing. This is a movie, but it's a straight to Disney Plus movie. Just so you know, just so you can okay. level your expectations, right? Okay. So different kind coffee. of rudeness. So, is there an established coffee place in Springfield? No, not until today, when a new coffee shop. Comes to town and sets up shop in downtown Springfield. And boy, howdy, let me tell you, it's a banger. They make some great coffee. And what does the coffee do? Oh, it changes people. <laughs> How does it change people? I, I don't, I don't know these people. I don't know. They just can't stop picking it up. They start wearing checkerboards. They can't stop skanking. This is where the rudeness comes in. Welcome to Springfield's Rude Boy Cafe, where, where Scar has invaded this town of Springfield. Idiots! Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm just gonna. Am I missing something? And who? Who would love the brass section coming back to Springfield more than anyone? That's right. It's old Lisa Simpson on the saxophone leading the charge as Springfield's premier ska player. And of course, she needs to start a ska band. So that means she needs to find at minimum seven other people to join the band. (laughs) Okay. Uh, so, so yes, it is. It so, is the story of a town ooh. embracing Scar, much like Footloose. <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm gen. I'm, this is a genuine question. What does rudeness yeah. have to do with Scar? Rude boy. Rude boy. I don't know what that is. Uh, that, if you are a rude boy. Rude boys. So, you, you shouldn't, yeah, yeah, Joe. The road to jail and everything. Mm. What? <laughs> Am I being that was also playing? that was also a reference. Root boys out of jail. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm so tired. All yeah. right. So the coffee turns them into scar players. Is that what you said? Or well, not? Not scar players, but people who appreciate scar scar oh, music. Fun. Yes, there's a fourth wave of Scar, and it is localised entirely in Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I like that. Um, yep, I'll tell you what Lisa will help Simpson. cement this for me. Yep. 
it's a good pick for Lisa to be the leader of a band. Tell me what Thank other you. characters you would have in this Scar band. Make it work. Because they will be the um, crux of this film. That's it. So it's an ensemble piece. So, yes. all right. Let me, all right, let's figure this out. So we've got Lisa on sax. We also need a trombone player. We need a trumpet player. We need drums, guitar, bass, singer. Okay. Who's on drums? Groundskeeper Willie. Of course he is. On trombone, we have Sideshow Mel. On trumpet, we have um, uh, the kid that Patton Oswalt was in his guest appearance. I think his name is Rex. Him. He has returned for the film. Um, on guitar, um, we have Lenny. On bass, of course, Waylon Smithers. And the singer of this uh, Scar band is um, Does Barney sing? Barney sings, right? He's got oh, a singing Yeah, he's in band. the B-sharp. There you go. Of course, there we go. Barney Gumble. He's there with his suspenders and his pork pie hat. He's ditched he's ditched the duff. He's moved on to Rude Boy Coffee. And who is the proprietor of this scar based coffee shop? Oh, he seems vaguely familiar. And of and he's I mean, such a man of power, he's essentially taken over this whole town. But he, he just he doesn't look quite the same. But then we reveal it is none other than Hank Scorpio. His next genius plot to rule the world is this Scar Coffee. Okay. Uh, yeah. I like that. Um, Thank you. I feel like we can also, if you incorporate in whatever this rude boy business is, I feel like that's also a good yeah, way rude. to market it. Have um, Bart Simpson as uh, maybe try and argue that he is the rudest boy. Maybe in the marketing. I don't know if that needs to be in the film necessarily. But yeah. Sure. You know what? I You're think, the exact sure. We'll I think do that. that. Works. It'll be uh, how long? Bart saying, "Hey, I'm the rudest boy, but he he can't find the rhythm. Oh, yeah. he just can't get the downbeat. What's happening? I don't know. <laughs> no. How long would this be? Do you reckon? Um, let's let's keep it a tidy hundred minutes. Okay. Title. Um, history of a boring animated town. Oh, that was specifically for kids. Okay, Kit, can you explain that for me, please? Um, history of a boring town is less than Jake's song. Okay. Yeah. Now that I know that, that's a fucking banger of a less than Jake's song, though. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm a little hampered by not knowing Scar that much, but I'm not going to hold that against you or anything. So <laughs> As I'm well, going to... much of the viewing audience. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Isaac, give me your three elements and then your movie pitch, please. So I have parkour, 
portals and 50s aesthetics. Mm-hmm. So uh, my film takes place in the year 2025. It is... Actually, just to clarify, parkour... And you know those uh, three winning world championships you see? That's essentially parkour, right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. So it's that championships. Well, yeah, the world championships are that. So it's the, the big event. And what we've got here is a sport drama. An epic sport drama a la Rocky. Uh, other sport dramas. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We can just base it on Rocky. It's a great... I don't know where it's out. Anyway. So yeah, so we're going through. You sort of get it starts with quite a hot action epic montage of all this free running, and we're getting to the semi-finals. And so we all following. Obviously, we want to make money, so USA is going to be. Well, I suppose we could. I suppose if we wanted a bunch to out to the sort of Asian, Japanese, China markets with a high population, we could we could have it set there. But for the sake of clarity, and because obviously we speak English, we'll say USA. Um, so you're following the USA team and the three runners. Uh, I might take some sort of liberal, uh, not liberal, uh, take some liberties with the rules of the three running championships. I'm going to say it's teams of three. I'm not sure. I'm not positive. But that's what I'm going to say. In 2025, they're going to limit the teams to three. Um, so we see the first two rounds, you, you get one-on-one, obviously. Let's say they're against in the semi-finals. They're probably against Lithuania. So, <clears throat> the... Okay. So, so USA win the first round, completely dominate the first round. Right. Uh, round two, Lithuania take it. So it's 1-1. One, one. It's quite right. quick. <laughs> it's quite a quick championships. Um, uh... So it comes to the final game, then we see our protagonist, John Morrison, the most famous parkour person anyone's ever known. And the as was John Morrison. As we all know from uh, seeing him on telly for years and years and years, because he's such a star and he's guaranteed money for this franchise. Um, he likes baby oil. He always he's got he's completely baby oiled up when he's out on screen. Yeah. So that's his actual secret. I don't know if you know the rules of parkour slash free running world championships. You're not allowed grease on you because obviously you can slip and slide loads. But they don't know he has because he's got he's got so in by 2025 he's got so good at baby oil in himself it's barely detectable. Anyway, so so, so he's so, so he's free running. Oh, the baby oil meter up to him. See if it goes off. <laughs> so, so so what you're saying is, despite the fact that he's covered in baby oil, he's got like a matte finish. No one can detect it on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's just that good at doing it. He's that good at applying it. Um, okay. So this final round's taking place. Uh, I think it's a 90-second round. No, it can't be that. I'm not sure. It's because they chase each other, don't they? So one goes and then one goes again. So um, uh, first round. Uh, John Morrison is a chaser, he gets him. So then round two, obviously John's got to escape. He's got his trick up his sleeve, his baby oil. So he's all baby oiled up, he's slipping aside, and the guy can't catch him. Then all of a sudden, John goes, bam, knocks him out on a metal pole. The power 
and the sheer impact, of, because he's going so fast, because he's slipped off another surface, it's created a portal into, an, into another universe. Um, and this portal has took him into the Greece universe set in the 50s. And so, now, I will concede, I, I, I can't nail down this plot of the Grease film, but I have a feeling John Travolta does end up with that blonde girl. So, mm-hmm. yeah. basically what we see for the rest of the rest of the, by the way, that's all taking place in the first 20 minutes of the film. Um, so then it becomes the essentially Greece, but with John Morrison, and he's really trying to help John Travolta get this girl. Um, along this journey, <laughs> along this journey, um, uh, John goes on a bit of self-discovery. He realizes he shouldn't be, he, he should be an honorable person. He shouldn't be cheating. Blah blah blah. All this and that. It all gets sorted, um, and then he's like, "How do I get back? What does he do?" He invents parkour in the 50s, obviously. Um, yeah. And then he realises, he, he, right, it finally comes to him, that, that portal opened up because of the sheer impact of his baby or body going into that metal pole. Um, so he recreates that, gets back to the championships, and he wakes up. He wakes up in the same moment. Um, or he, he reappears in the same moment. And we're like, oh, my God. Um, and... Uh, they're sort of checking on him, wondering what happened, and they're sort of talking to him, and we're like, oh, we'll just, we'll just restart the round. And then John goes, nope, I own up. I've been cheating. We've all been cheating. Lithuania can go on. And then we see Lithuania win the title. Beautiful end. Sign off. The end. Okay. No sequel, because you think you find out a perfect film. Finally. I, again. You treated the prompts like chapters. <laughs> you went, right, starts with parkour, then there's a portal, and then 50s. So if we I have really to... love, I love that that's how you look at it. Um, <laughs> my favourite bit of that was, uh, the, best, the best way to say it to lead into anything in any pitch is, I've got to concede. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, he does try to get with the blonde girl, as you as you put it. Yeah, who was that actress? We should try um, and get so, back. Olivia Newton. So what you? Yes. Yeah, so we'll what you're back. what you're basically saying is is that he's a flawed protagonist. Yes. His flaw is that he cheats because he's very good at baby oil. Yes. And in the parkour championships, I love how also this could just be your universe because you've got into interdimensional portals. But you spent like 10 minutes giving it, I don't uh, know how many are in the team. They, they <laughs> I don't know really what the regulations that. are. You can be wherever you want, mate. Um, <laughs> and during that, he he hits a pole so hard. But this is the thing. I love that. Like, the, I'm not trying to say my idea is better than yours. But the, I think most people would see parkour portals and think, imagine a world where there's parkour going on and they use portals to get around. And now, you would know there's only one, and it's because he banged his head. I did think that, but do you not see that as quite derivative and quite paint oh. Just of the portal Right, games? and going in through a portal into another movie, that's not derivative, <laughs> is it not? No, it's, uh, it's, 
it's a it's a classic callback because John Morrison, as we all know, big fan of John Travolta. Yes, Is he really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you're thinking of who was in Deuce and Domino, but well, I'll let that slide because <laughs> I genuinely don't know. <laughs> Could Deuce and Domino also be in it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Deuce and Domino. I don't even know who was in that. I think, I think, I like how you. I think what saved that for me, I mean, it is a fun idea, but what really saved it was how you tied in him, uh, Morrison, helping John Travolta get on over his flaws, and in doing so, he somehow learns not to cheat. I don't know what leads him to that, but then again, you've not seen the film. So I think that that's one of my favourite things about this. At no point before, Andy, you say, oh, I've not seen that, so I don't know. You fucking barrel on through and you just decide that's what Columbo is. That's what Greece must be. I've got, I, I, I generally give you props for that. Yeah. I generally give you props for that. That's amazing. I couldn't, okay. I couldn't remember what Isaac's prompts were, and I was convinced <laughs> that he had to he had to shoehorn Baby Earl in there somewhere. <laughs> because I couldn't think why otherwise. He spent longer talking about baby oil and parkour championship rules than portals. <laughs> it's portals, plural, and he went, there's one portal, he banged his head. Anyway, he's in Is Greece now. There's two. It's not the same portal. It'd be the same portal, wouldn't it? No, he had to He had to reinvent, he had to invent parkour in the 50s to then create the portal. It was a time paradox. Let's not get okay. into it. Right. Okay. I, I love that you're implying with that that the only way he could have created that portal is by running through parkour. He couldn't just be running for any other reason. And it is that it had to be a parkour related injury. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was the intensity of the situation around it. Obviously, there's in 2025 you'll see as it as it come as it comes to pass, parkour is the international sport. It's bigger than football. It's very. Okay. It's That's very. Um, it's not the ECW arena. Lord, it's See, this is what I mean. I thought, oh yeah, portals parkour. It's the new sport. You still kept that, but portals are just not a thing. Until he his head. All right, I'm moving on. Uh, James, you're next. Tell me your three elements, then your movie pitch, please. Okay, my three elements are Zack Snyder. Yes. Hydration. And fourth wall breaking. Okay. Right. So, Zack Snyder, noted director. He did some Batman films, I believe. But more importantly, he did Dawn of the Dead and he did Army of the Dead. This is the third in the trilogy, Cruise of the Dead. Now, this, this film takes place on a cruise ship that has been invaded by zombies. But they've they've come to an important realization is that zombies can be restored to their, you know, human form if they're sufficiently hydrated. Mm. So what our, our protagonists need to do is grab these zombies and fill them full of water. But, but they might not be successful. What it comes down to is the audience. Okay. Because every time they encounter a zombie, a a little 
sign will come up on screen mm -hmm. and the audience will be required to get out their super soakers and shoot at the zombie's mouth on the screen. If they work together and they sufficiently fill the zombie with water, it'll be healed, the movie moves on. If not, somebody's going to die. Okay. This is going to... someone in the film or someone in the audience? No, please, this is serious. I'm sorry. Possibly... So, this would be like a... Are you thinking Dune 4DX style or are you thinking more that live Muppet show that's at Disney World or wherever it is? Muppet Vision. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Where like the bubbles came out. And... Yeah, yeah. Except, you know, obviously you've got yourself a waterproof screen. Each person's got a super soaker. Like it's... It's not about experiencing different effects. You know, there's nothing spraying at you or anything. It's no, no. You need to hit that fucker in the mouth. <laughs> but what I mean is, is like, it's, it can't be general release, can it? Oh, yeah, you, you'll need special cinemas, yeah. This sounds like a nightmare, budget-wise. Like, providing super soakers. It's Zack Snyder, but... Yeah. He'll fund that shit himself. He lives experience. You've agreed that with him, have you? I have, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I feel that, like you need to add a... more Zack Snyder-esque uh, eccentricities, because like, this is a very... No matter what you think of him, he's an iconic director Yeah. in his own way. I feel like you need to add more stuff like that in. Like, What would you suggest he would do? So, for example, I picture one of these moments where maybe someone grabs a zombie and he's like brawling with it, struggling with it, mm. and as they swing it this maybe trying to throw the zombie away to push it away and it goes into one of those Zack Snyder slow motion bits where the zombie's now facing the camera and yep. that's your cue to shoot it. Do you know what I mean? That that's that's a yep. Zack Snyder thing. Yeah, they'll be called drench moments. Why would they be called that? Because you need to drench the zombie. By a cruise ship. Because it's it's right, a large it? it's a large enough place. We've had a mall, we've had Las Vegas. This combines the two into one huge fucking ship, and so it, it gives us it gives us a way to have a large area, but at the same time it's contained. There's no escape. The random little punctuations of swearing you add into this are really, really making it stick out. It's a huge fucking ship. <laughs> Okay, and how would this conclude then? Like, ideally. Ideally, if you're successful, mm -hmm. all the zombies are restored, everybody has an orgy. <laughs> also, if, they, if it's just water, like, why can't the, vapor, the water vapour in the air just turn them normal? No, because you'll need a considerable amount. I mean, what if it just rains? Well, they're not going to have their mouths open. Look, you need to fill these fuckers up. <laughs> there will be an on-screen... Are you referring to the water or the orgy when you say that? <laughs> Both. Okay. Are you, do you still have the... Oh, fucking hell. So an orgy happens, and what? You suddenly get, like, the Valvinas come fucking 
Oh, it's a Please, it's a Zack Snyder yeah. film, but it's you know there are there's tastes and balance. You're the one oh, who suggested look. orgy as the climax. The wrong poor, poor choice of words. Yeah, but like it, it cuts away before we see penetration. Did we see everything before penetration? So what? So what you're saying is, <laughs> is your zombie movie yeah. with super soakers ends in a tasteful orgy? Yes. Right. There, I don't there, like look, how you no sell stuff like that. There, there will be, you know, the, the the classic high school moment of oh, the nerd's taken off her glasses and she's beautiful. Except it'll be oh, the zombie's hydrated, and he's hot. So it's like a fucking every time you save a zombie, it's like a Sailor Moon transformation scene. Yeah, zombie turns around and once they're hydrated, they suddenly get a dump truck ass. <laughs> And th- this this is the added incentive for the audience to make sure that each zombie is properly drenched. Is they want to see what cameo is going to come up? Like, who okay. is this zombie? They, you know, they they look quite muscular. Could this be the Rock? Okay. That kind of thing. Yeah, like, oh, this zombie looks kind of hot. I wonder who it is. I mean, like, yeah, it comes out. I mean, it's like oh, wow, Tom Hardy. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> right. I. I... It's amazing to me how this started out as like a cool kind of attraction thing. And very quickly it became, and if you're horny, it's even better. Well, it's Zack Snyder. Is he particularly horny? I guess he is, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? He made sure that we knew that Superman fucks. That's true. And he also... That weird bath scene. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he tweeted that um fo- that picture of a uh, photo, a picture of Batman like going down on a woman. I think it was Catwoman. There you go. One of the women. Yeah. One okay. of them. One of those. One of the many women. All right. Um, now, <laughs> what's going on? Do, do, do you want to know who the final zombie is? Okay, go on. Well, I mean, look. What you do, you have the, the final one, you've got him cornered. Everybody else is human now. There's a little tiny little guy scampering around. Everybody fills him up with water. He turns to the camera as he's turning back into a human. And he goes, I guess this has been a Zom Cruise. And then it's Tom Cruise. Mm. Of course, yeah. Thank you. A little fella scampering about. That's mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. Okay. Did I ask you for a title, Isaac? No, you didn't. I was just thinking, Matt. Can I What's quickly say? My title is uh, Grease 3. Fuck's sake. <laughs> I mean, it's better than Columbo the Lady Years. Uh, James, give me a title for yours, please. That was Cruise of the Dead. Okay. Fine. And I believe now we're over to Kit. For the final pitch, please give me your three elements and tell me what movie you've come up with, please. Excellent. So uh, the three elements were Winnie the Pooh, uh, Rocky Horror, and The Fast and the Furious. Of course. So. A.K.A. a family guy joke. Jesus, yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Um, 
No, uh, we start off in our typical, uh, usual uh, location of the 100 acre wood with uh, Winnie the Pooh and the rest of his pals. Um, But they start, uh, they notice that there is a new area uh, that they've not really noticed before. That uh, it's a little bit dark and a little bit creepy, and as they start to walk through it, it gets a little bit rainy. So obviously, uh, a little bit before this, uh, they'd been reading newspapers uh, that they'd, be, they'd been making themselves. Well, Rabbit and, me, and I would be making them, because they're the only ones interested in newspapers. Uh, but obviously, they use these newspapers to keep themselves dry, as they slowly walk towards uh, the old Frankenstein place. Uh, those familiar with Rocky Horror... I've noticed that, yes, I have basically just taken a little bit of the <laughs> Winnie the Pooh and added it to Rocky Horror. So, uh, normal Rocky Horror hide. What you're saying is, is in the original Rocky Horror, that house is in the 100 acre wood. <laughs> in this version of it, yes. the hundred. Well, no, right. actually, um, actually, to be honest, uh, I'm not going to spoiler alert the reasons that that house could exist in the 100 acre wood nor and also could exist in other places. Um, right. Okay. Uh, that would that would be me spoiling the end of Rocky Horror Picture. So, which I mean, to be honest, if you've not seen it by now, you probably should. But I also don't feel like spoiling it. But anyway, uh, normal. Well, this would normally be where you would get to this place, and instead, and because this is animated, we have the benefit of actually being able to bring Tim Curry back. Okay. As Dr. Frankenfurter. Uh, this is a more kid-friendly version of this. Obviously, we're not going to get into... We're not going to strip down uh, the characters of Winnie the Pooh to their underwear. I mean, to be honest, are they even wearing underwear? Uh, I was going to say, yeah, there'd be a lot of fluff knocking about. Yeah. Um, so, this all... It, it's all normal. Kind of, it's, it's kind of being set up in this way. Um, but at the point in which usually Eddie and his crew show up uh, in the original Rocky Horror... Uh, Dominic Toretto and the rest of the gang from F- Fast and the Furious <laughs> crash through the window and sing their own musical number, whether that actually be an original song or whether we have Vin Diesel sing Hot Patootie, brackets, bless my soul, um, as originally sung by Meatloaf, but this time it's going to be Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel does have that one single he released. He does have that one single, so we, we do know he's musical. And in doing this... Um, what it goes to, into the very much the same way as the plot uh, that Dominic and the rest of his pals are gotten rid of, but unfortunately, uh, this has actually caused a difficulty and a rift uh, amongst everyone here uh, because these were this was a licensed franchise that was brought in uh, by Disney because unfortunately they don't actually own Fast and the Furious. Uh, so everything actually turns to black and suddenly we're in a courthouse and this is actually a serious court drama uh, based on a fake movie that was made that movie pitch that was made by Disney in this <laughs> and was well at was within in-house at Disney but obviously was never actually produced but is uh, being <laughs> the owners of the Fast and Furious franchise are actually suing 
the members of <laughs> the well Disney and the original animator. And through this, uh, we this two and a half to three hour experience, we get to learn all the ins and outs of uh, copyright law. <laughs> uh, so we can finally be done with this, and people can finally actually understand how fair use works. So this entire movie is actually just a fictional account of uh, copyright infringement, um, that, and the dangers within. But we don't actually get to that point until about maybe halfway through. So we get an hour and a half of like Rocky Horror. Oh, so we're and switch. We the and then we bait we bait and switch to war like we basically bait and switch at um it's actually it wouldn't be a full hour and a half it'd be about forty five minutes because that's about when Eddie comes in and then basically the rest of the runtime would be this high court drama. So, okay, so this plays out as how you might expect it at first. Winnie the Pooh happen upon Frank and Furter and the gang, uh, and then at the moment where Rocky Horror would play out, except with Winnie the Pooh there, um, the Fast and the Furious characters crash in, and then we kind of we kind of do that transition where we're watching the screen, but then the screen becomes a TV screen that other characters are watching. Yes. And it's in a and, courtroom. And it's in a courtroom. And, a- and, and, and we're still hearing the Vin Diesel hop tootie number in the background. <laughs> and obviously... Very, very far away, we can hear the sounds of vague violence because uh, if anyone's actually ever seen that movie, someone just gets straight up uh, hit with an axe or a pickaxe uh, so, during that original scene. So at this, point, at this point, and you did say it was going to be child-friendly, it's a serious court drama. Yeah, I'm saying the initial part is the, the initial part is played as if it is a serious... A very like a childlike version because this is this was someone's pitch uh, at Disney that unfortunately had been leaked uh, to the press and got everyone in a bit of hot water and eventually this is kind of it is creating a very serious drama around the idea of fair use and what actually and and also around the idea of our crossovers and just putting people in the background in several franchises actually a worthwhile endeavor and does it actually do more harm than good to the original property so as far as the actual in fiction characters are concerned they're basically watching a troy mcclure video on free fair use <laughs> um no no it's the this this is the piece that was produced and then it was produced in house at disney and then leaked illegally so well, at some point, someone's going to go, and this is what happens with fair use, or something. Yeah, like I, that. I, during during the proceedings with the court stuff, like obviously you're going to have final, you're going to have final uh, statements and stuff, and that's so where we will get the point across. This is a this is a kind of uh, this is a whimsical intro into a Mister Smith goes to Washington type movie. So who are play? Who do you have to play the defendant and? The uh, other defendant, the um, the defence and the prosecutor. The defence uh, in this situation would be second Farland because we're just going to throw him in there. <laughs> I gen- I really thought you were going to say ludicrous, but Seth MacFarlane, fine. 
No, ludicrous, ludicrous, ludicrous provided his voice to this. That's that's the biggest issue. Is that like all of the original talent were here? So the, the big right. question is like they they were duped into the idea of this actually being a legitimate project. So would when those it was... characters be witnesses? Like Winnie the Pooh could be called up. No, the, well, the actor playing him, Jim Cummings, would be brought up. Right. Okay. Obviously, because this is this is the thing I is the entire we'll the entire rabbit. thing is the entire thing is all of these all of these Vogtus actors and actors were duped into thinking this is a legitimate Disney project when it was someone's like I imagine you've had you've known about this like the situation where people have made films in house uh, and like there is the famous story of that one that uh, there was the Disney stag party in the stag film that was shown and then as soon as Disney found out who like he was he laughed, asked who it was produced by, and then immediately fired those people. Okay. I, I, I think I get the premise. Uh I just I, I was wondering how far you were taking it. Like I thought maybe it could be a Roger Rabbit type deal. And this is this um, is a this is a that's what I'm saying is the original the initial part of this is kind of it's a bait and switch. Uh where we where we go into a very serious courtroom drama about the so, dangers of what, fair use and copyright. What we're going and... to have here as an audience is one half kids who end up bored out of their minds or possibly traumatized or a bunch of adults who go in going, this is a kid's movie and then leaving halfway through. <laughs> Who's it for? That's my question. We, no, the thing is, we may, we, it's very much... This is a shit very, post. This is the most expensive shit post. <laughs> no, this the thing is though no, this movie would be this would be seen as the courtroom drama and we may make vague allusions to the idea of what's going on, but the actual introduction would be the, the infringing product. But how do we market that? How do we market that? I mean yeah, to be honest the, the thing I mean the trailer would be a case of saying Pretty much, you won't believe what you, what you actually did. We won't actually show any footage of the weird crossover event that happens. We will like right. the entire thing will be pretty much like you won't believe who we put. We will say what franchises are put together as part of this okay. bonkers project that should have never seen the light of day. We're kind of kind of Blair Witch this, say based on a true okay. story when it's not actually not. Okay. We're going to vaguely Blair Witch this. Because it is, in a way, it is somewhat inspired by true events, which is that there is a lot of internal animation that's done that should ne- that doesn't see the light of the day, because, or illustrations that are done by in-house animators that do not see the light of day because they are not either family-friendly or meant for general consumption, but someone internally took things too far and actually duped a bunch of people into making this project. And actually, like, we only see 45 minutes of it. The entire movie is done. The entire movie is just... is a Mr. Boop level of copyright infringement. Okay. Nice reference. Uh, This might be the toughest thing I ask you. What's the title? Hmm. It's the... It is the people versus Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) So going for like a death to smoochy kind of vibe. Yeah, that's that's kind of the vibe. Okay. Fuck me. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, I will say this. Genuinely, that was, I think so far, 
the strongest round of pitches I've had on the game. Um, usually there's one where it's like, eh, no, I don't really see the potential in that. I do see the potential in all these. Even yours, Kit. Um, <laughs> but, oh, this doesn't make it easy. Okay, Noah, I like that you took rudeness and took it in a completely different direction. It's not one I'm very aware of, so I can't criticise it, really. Um, mm. It was, it was, you know, uh, what's the word? Um, there's Good. Uh, ingenuity, they were shown. Ingenuitous. Yeah, I mean, I think you, I think you were right to market to market it the way you did, make it, you know, straight to Disney Plus kind of thing, because they are doing. I don't know if you've seen this. They are doing uh, a Simpsons short on Disney Plus that will be a crossover with everything on Disney Plus. Yes, I've seen this. Like the the promotional image is him talking to Goofy. So. I think you were right so to go that why, way. Why not scar music? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> speaking of crossovers, Kip, you're... I don't want this to sound insulting. I genuinely don't. Your brain fascinates me. <laughs> I'm honestly sat here like, I'd never thought of that in a million years. The fact that you took what anyone else, I don't care what anyone else says, <laughs> They would have gone with Winnie the Pooh is part of the, the Toretto gang. They do, you know, heists or whatever, and Rocky, uh, uh, Frankenfurter is the antagonist. Something like that. Something along those lines. And you went, no, it's a common drama. <laughs> Generally fascinating. But it'd be a nightmare to market. I don't know who it's for. This is, be... this is unfortunately the kind of movie that could only have been made in the mid-90s when mid-budget movies were actually a real thing. Like, mid, mid-budget movies for adults were actually a real thing. Yeah, but the other thing is, is like, I think it'd be one of those movies that would have... I generally think it would make a lot of money the first week and it would drop the fuck off the next one. Because <laughs> it'd be people... Word of mouth would kill that movie, I think. Not because it's bad, necessarily. But once people find out it's a bait and switch, people don't want the bait and switch. Unless it's like, you know, it benefits the movie somehow. And I can't think of many examples of that being the case. Deadpool 2, maybe. Mm. So, yeah, good good thought process. I was, that's the best <laughs> I can say. Um, Isaac, yours was the parkour one? Grease, yeah. Grease, yeah. I mean, I don't know how marketable John Morrison is. I think the only movie he was in was where he wrestled a dog. So He was um, Hercules that time. Yeah. And he's got that movie where he does, where he's kind of an action movie star as well. And what, you put on. Where, when was he Hercules? Literally the same year The Rock was. Yeah, yeah it's it's big... he's... Really? Is that yeah, the one with Nash? Or is that a different one? No idea, I can tell you. No, that's Thor. There's a Thor movie with Kevin Nash. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. I like that John Morrison was last on our radar because he was at a party dressed as Dave Meltzer and nobody knew who <laughs> he or Dave Meltzer was. Yeah. That's how high profile market- The marketable star. Well, hang yeah. on. We all know sex sells. You put those, those washboard abs oiled up on a poster... You get yeah, because uh, you can't get you can't get 
muscular white men in Hollywood, can you not? <laughs> With long hair. Um, I like. I, I again, I like the idea. I I do, I do generally like that. I I don't even like Greece, but I would watch that. Uh, because I'd love to see how someone who doesn't know what Greece is makes a Greece movie. <laughs> There's a lot of appeal in that for me. Uh, Nobody told you to do Greece. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fifties, fifties aesthetic is all you want, and you went with the fifties. It was so. It's not sick. even like the other one, Colombo. You were told, yeah, Colombo, and still you barreled on through, like. You remind me of a young Zack Snyder. <laughs> Not knowing what you're doing, but go for it anyway. Speaking of which, James, I think yours has very limited success, although I do think it is a good idea. I like... I mean, you were very aggressive during it, so maybe that's influencing me a little bit. The fact that every so often I would go, but what about this? And you would just stare me dead in the eyes and go, we need to fill those fuckers up. Is very disconcerting. <laughs> it's not going to come across in the recording. The glare in his eyes. <laughs> Fucking hell. But, um, yeah, it'd be a bit of a nightmare, that. You'd have to have a budget for the super soakers. People in the front row are going to be pissed off. <laughs> have to put, like, a canopy over them or something. Uh, oh, boy. Okay, how do I do this? I think the one with the most widespread appeal unbelievably is Isaac's. I'm going to go with his. <laughs> I'm so proud of it. I, I'm as shocked as you are. I'm only Lisa. <laughs> um, I mean, for the title alone, as daft as it is to call it Grease 3, people would go to the cinema to see Grease 3. Would, and another yeah. thing is, you could make a Broadway musical out of this. <laughs> Parkour in a musical sounds pretty appealing to me. Yeah, it does. To be fair. Uh, next up, I would give to, I think, Noah. Because... Thank because you, Jake. He, he, he read his situation the best. He went, right, we're not going to get a major release out of this. We don't have to overspend on a budget. We may as well just make this straight to Disney+, Plus, where it's going to get maximum exposure and maximum everything it needs. Uh, and plus, I do like how you took rudeness and went with fucking Scar. Like, again, I would have never thought of that. Thank you. So, I'll give that to you. Thank you. Um, Thank you that does mean you tie, though, with your brother. After that, I'm really torn between you the last two. I think... I think they probably make about the same amount of money, so I can't look at it that way. I do think Zack Snyder's name is a bit mud at the moment, so maybe that goes against it. But then, whatever studio goes with, here's Winnie the Pooh, Rocky Horror, and and uh, uh, Fast and the Furious. See, and the, the biggest get a issue... courtroom drama. Yeah, the, the issue, the thing you've got there, though is that Disney already own Fox, so therefore they already own... The only thing they need to license is Fast and Furious mm. at this point. Um, yeah, but this is a scenario where you can pitch this no matter what. Yeah, as, as, as so very You don't true. need to get into the litigation about it. 
But this is this is def but outside of that, this is definitely a Fox search searchlight type movie. Um I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give it to Kit. Just because <laughs> I think out of the two of them it would it would edge out uh, uh, James's idea because you would trick people and even if it was just the one week, the one weekend that would make a fuck ton of money and even if it fell off the next week, I don't think the studio would really give a shit they'd probably get a lot of bad bad, uh, blood from the fans but I don't think they'd give a shit really long term whereas James, great fun idea, like I would go to that which is I don't want to support Zack Snyder. I honestly thought James sounded brilliant. I really want to see it. <laughs> Agreed. Isaac. What did you think, listeners? Let's <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, email in. Right, yeah. So I, I think I think it's a very fun idea. I would go to that personally. Um, and, I, and you put a lot of thought. I, I like the idea of celebrities being in it. Well, again, that would also suffer from word of mouth potentially. So if some people spoilt it. Which I guess it applies to anything, but something like this, it hinges on making its money back because it's so expensive to produce because of the added budget for marketing and uh, the cinemas and the super soakers and everything. So not a bad idea at all. just wasn't as good as the others for me. So that leaves us with the final scores. James with five points. The Noah twins both tying with eight points. And Kit in the lead with nine points. Oh. Very well played. Uh, yep. Fucking insane. <laughs> uh, Isaac, I- I'm going to be honest with you, and I don't mean any offence to anyone else or you, but you are now my favourite competitor. <laughs> oh, same. same. Absolutely Whoa. no idea where you were going. I- my favourite thing is how you went. It starts with this moment, then goes with this. You compartmentalize them, and that's so funny to me. I it's so good. Out, I've only been drinking water. I'm stone cold sober. <laughs> I didn't think you were drunk. You, you, you weren't like, you know, you weren't slurring your words or anything. But I could tell. I meant it. Go off the rails so quickly because <laughs> you'd start with my idea is this. It's this. It's this. Now we could. Well, the thing I don't know, but well, the th- and you go like that, and I'm like, he's fucked. <laughs> Don't know where he's going with this. Whereas, in contrast, uh, two cans and a bottle that are all around (laughs) five to six percent is how you end up with the people versus Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) That's a t shirt, fuck me. Yeah, I think you two had like you have patterns to yours that I could clearly identify. I just couldn't, I could never predict where they were going. I think my favorite, (laughs) if I had to put like a pitch of the day. It'd have to be, it's between the Quiet Place one and the Columbo one. Just because, <laughs> well, it was me slowly, slowly dawning on me like, oh, this is what Isaac, this is how Isaac thinks. <laughs> this, this is how Isaac comes up with ideas. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> and plus, again, I, I've got to give you credit. And I'm not having a go when people do this, but people go, like I think Holly had one the other day, and she said, "Oh, I don't know this." And I was like, "Well, we go ahead and just whatever your interpretation of it is." You didn't even do that. You just went, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, Greece, fuck it." <laughs> What's that? Fifties? Yeah, Greece. I didn't say Greece. Greece, though. Yeah, yeah, it's my universe. 
Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're all just living in it. <laughs> okay, now. Well, I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, the listeners as well. I'm going to hopefully edit it, hack this into something that's listenable. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, well done to Kit. Thank you everyone for participating, and I hope people enjoy the uh, the playback. Nice Anything Thanks, anyone man. wants to say to our uh, beloved audience? Thanks for listening. Yes. Thank, thank, thanks for yes. thanks for your time. Uh, we had fun, and hopefully Patience. you can you can be here and also enjoy and be part of this next time. Yeah, yeah. let's get more people involved. And you can subscribe to Joe's Patreon. And... <laughs> <laughs> Leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Feel free to follow and subscribe to Twitch.tv forward slash Joe I'm trying to get that going. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's great. Probably well. Um, I'm I'm a bit worried that the I spent a bit making that image of me as Alex Trebek, and then I realised it looks like it just says Joe Party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does it translate? Yeah. Welcome yeah, to the Joe Party. Yeah, this is like some insane party. Joe's a host. Joe yeah. Party. My head is way too Joe... big for the suit I'm wearing. It is Joe's house party. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck's sake. All right, I'll see you later. <laughs> see y'all later. Thanks, everyone. Bye, Bye now. See ya.